Good morning and welcome to We Are Just Christians. Thanks for tuning in today to the show. We really appreciate it. We'll be around till 10 o'clock a.m. here on WPSL. Hope you can stay with us for the rest of the show. My name is Mike Schmidt. I'm the preacher and one of the elders of the Church of Christ on Savona Boulevard. And, and as usual, my partner is Gary Jones. How you doing, Gary? I'm doing fine today, Mike. Gary's the other elder, and we're glad we can be with you. Normally, We Are Just Christians is a live call-in show, and I'd give you the numbers how you can reach us. But um, I had to be out of town today for a family reunion, and so we're recording the show a few days early. And so if, if we mention times and days, they may be off a little bit <laughs> right. uh, because it's hard for us to because it's a hot afternoon it right now. Yeah, it's hot hot afternoon in a weekday and not Sunday morning. So in any event, we'll probably get confused about that, just so you know. But we're not live today. Uh, you can reach us next Lord's Day, the Lord willing, you can reach us uh, live again. And you can always submit your comments or questions to us uh, either before Sunday or on Sunday by using our text numbers. So I'll give you those numbers. You can text them. Uh, I won't be able to respond this morning, neither will Gary, but you can still text them to us. You can reach uh, Mike at 772-260-6120, 772-260-6120. You can reach Gary at 772-260-6220, very similar numbers, 771-260-6220. And you can reach us at any time. Uh, of the week. We'll try to respond if we can. If not, we'll certainly try to use your material, your question, your comments on a show coming up. And I kind of try to kind of keep track of those a little bit. But anyway, we're not live. uh, And uh, we'll talk some more about how to reach the show a little bit later in the show. But since since we're not live, don't call in this morning with a question if you have something that you want to say about today's program and you just well as well might then please make a note of that or text me and we'll deal with that later on because the first subject we want to talk about uh, it, it came in an article i got in my mail sometime a couple weeks ago well i don't know it was march a couple weeks ago yeah, i guess it's longer little, little late, late than, march is more than a couple weeks, weeks ago. ago but anyway i've had it sitting here and uh, I, I want to I talk about it this morning. I guess I'd kind of plan to, even if we were live, to talk about it uh, this morning. And it might be controversial to some of you. And because it's about baptism. And all I can ask you to do, all that Gary can ask you to do, is take a look at the thought processes behind what we're saying. Don't just have a knee-jerk reaction to it. Look at the scriptures that are presented. Because in our view... Uh, most Protestant denominations who believe in faith only, as it's generally taught and understood, if I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly, what they're saying, and what, then uh, I, I don't believe that that's what the Bible teaches about salvation. I don't believe that their representation of what I believe about salvation is correct either. I think they misrepresent what I believe and what Gary believes about the nature of salvation in their teaching. And we're going to see that very thing this morning. In and this then, article by a prominent Baptist. Right. And I want to point out one thing. Where Mike and I are going to go with this is to what Jesus says. I've right. All, That's I've what you've got to go by. I've always said that if there, if there ever was a passage that deserved underlined in your Bible, it's John twelve forty eight, And he says, And who does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. That's what Jesus is pointing to. You have to go back to what he says. 
Correct. Sorry. I, I just that, that's to, a, well, that's just, exactly right. And, and that's what we're going to try to do. And you've heard me say about this and other subjects that uh, what happens in religion, people who go to seminaries and things like that, and nothing against education. I have an education myself. But they oftentimes get caught up in a systematic theology rather than taking the Bible for what it is. And so they will tend to explain away Bible passages that don't agree, agree with their system rather than actually taking for granted what the Bible says is true and creating a system around that. And I believe that's what's happened. You see, Protestant thinking about salvation, that it's salvation by faith only and, and so forth, is mostly a reaction to Roman Catholic thinking or at least perceived Roman Catholic thinking by Martin Luther and John Calvin in the 1500s. And their presuppositions, and perhaps accurate, I don't know about all of it, about what the Catholic Church was teaching about salvation by indulgences and by works, has colored everything else. And so they had the typical human reaction of going all the way to the other extreme and using words like only, you see, or alone in their, in their doctrines and creeds. And as we're going to see in the article this morning, when you begin to use words like only and alone, I'm going to hold you accountable for that being an old debater. I'm going to hold you accountable for using those words because the words alone and only have a very specific meaning. And I think people all the time misuse those words. We'll come to that in a moment, Gary, but let me read you. This is from Al Mohler. Now, Al Mohler is the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he has a podcast. And I've read a lot of Al Mohler's stuff. It's not too bad, and He's generally a very thoughtful person, obviously very intelligent, very well-respected. And so Moeller, here's a, what he said on this podcast. Uh, this, I think, from, some, uh, from a Christian podcast that I get, uh, from a Christian blog that I subscribe to. One of the questions it says dealt with a listener's mother who was nearing the end of her life on this earth and believes she is saved because she was baptized as a teenager. Now, I imagine if you ask this woman, a little more detailed. She wouldn't say that she was saved because she was baptized. She would say that, and so forth, as opposed to, I have faith in Christ, and I was saved, or I was baptized, and I was saved. But that's the way it's going to be presented. She said, the quoting the woman, my mom is now facing several health challenges. It looks as if her time on earth is short. The listener wrote expressing concern that his mother had placed her, her sense of eternal security in the ordinance itself. Is she really going to hell because she thinks that one must also be baptized to go to heaven? So, Moeller, so in other words, a lot, now look, Gary, a lot of Baptists teach that if, if you're baptized and you believe that baptism is necessary for salvation, that you are going to hell because you don't really have faith in Christ. You have faith in baptism, and you've added to the Word of God by saying, I want to be baptized to be saved. I've been told this. I've had several discussions and debates with people about this, and so this is what's being brought up here. I'm sorry, interrupted well, you. Well, no, I, uh, maybe now is not the right time, but I just keep coming back. If you, do, you, do we ask the question then, if you have unforgiven sins, can you go to heaven? Well, that, that is the question. That is a good question. If you That's have right. unforgiven sins, can you go to heaven? And when does God forgive your sins in the gospel plan That's of salvation? The That's the question before us. In the, if we're going to do a full analysis of this topic, when does the Bible say your sins are forgiven, forgiven according to the full plan of the New Testament? That's the question. 
And, and we'd have to, we could give a full answer to that if we had time. We may do that this morning. But anyway, Moeller said no. No one's going to hell for that. The theologian meaning for not being baptized or for sure, I don't know, if, maybe it's she's not going to hell because she thinks she has to be baptized. I'm not sure which one he, he was referring to in this, um, in this case. But well, he, he says, he pointed out then that theologically and biblically, just remember we go to hell as God's just verdict on our sin unless God's just verdict on our sin falls on Christ rather than ourselves. In other words, we've been forgiven because of the blood of Christ. Right. Mulder explained that salvation comes through the substitutionary atonement which was achieved by Christ on the cross. Well, I would disagree with the word substitutionary, and I would say it comes through the atonement of Jesus Christ on the cross. Yes, I believe that that's exactly right. So here's what he did go on to say. Salvation can only come from those who faithfully, faithfully confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and repent of their sins. Now, now, I want you, Gary, just yeah, react. That, that, he should that, that, react to that. Now, I want you to remember that, people who are listening, before you get upset about these things. Listen to what he said. He said, salvation only comes to those who confess and repent of their sins. Now, I want you to hold on just for a moment to that. Well, I, I'm going to jump down to the end of the article real quick, and we'll come back, Gary. Okay, well, just I want to go down to the next to the last paragraph. Yeah, that that's page. where it is. He says... Um, Jesus is the only thing a believer places their confidence in. Our understanding is that salvation comes by Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. Okay? Well, now, I didn't think that confession and repentance were the same thing as faith and grace. They're not, Gary. They're, they're simply not. But you can't keep using the word alone and then throw in repentance and confession, can you? You right, right. Okay, but here's here's where it comes into something I think that I, I'm going to mention. Maybe I, I may be throwing you off the track, Mike, but bear with me for a minute. In, I think it's in Mark, Mark 9, Mark 9, verse 2. Uh, it says, Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And then Jesus when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be, good, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. Now, we, we know he did that to display the fact that he could forgive sins on earth. But look at the, he says, when Jesus saw their faith, how is faith seen? Can it's seen through confession. It can only be seen through actions of It some can kind. only be seen through, through action. action. That's James's point in James 2, yeah, that and, we're and, not and, saved by faith alone. James clearly says in James 2, 24 that, and 26, that we are not saved by faith alone. And what he means is, you, that's why he even goes up before that. He says, uh, you can say you have faith. I'll show you my faith by my works. And he used the word works to mean actions, things you right. do. And so, yes, things we do, like well, like confession, for example, Al, uh, are, are things that bring, help to bring about salvation. So when a man stands before you and piously tells you in a very religious tone, uh, very, seemingly very, you know, dedicated, and oh, and this man's so pious because he only believes in Jesus, 
salvation through Jesus Christ alone, and he tells you that you've got to repent and confess, yet he just told you that you're saved by faith alone. Let me read a scripture to you, if you well, believe I, I that. Want, I want to read James 2.24, right, I, I want to hear that. I want everybody to mark your Bible, James chapter 2, verse 24. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Right. That's the only place faith only is used in the Scripture. That is the only place it is used. That's the only place faith alone or faith only is mentioned, and it's not by that. So I, I keep taking you off track, but I think it's important that our listeners write down James 2.24 and James 2.26. Yes, and there's a lot of debate about those, but it's pretty clear that that's precisely what James is talking about, but is you, showing your faith by what you do yeah, exactly. as opposed to just having faith in your heart. He even says the demons believe and tremble, but faith alone won't save you because you don't do anything about it. Now, now, we can be more... I'm sorry, Gary. Now, go back to James 2, 16. But someone will say, you have faith right. and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Yeah, and that's the verse I was referencing just a moment ago, and that's correct. That's James 2, 16. So I want you to go and take a look at what the Scripture does say about God, his God, co- God wants to see our faith. Well, the only, and the only way he or any other person can see it is by what we do. Exactly. And, and that's, what, that's really what Moeller's trying to say where he contradicts himself, and so do most other uh, Baptists and other folks like that, when he talks about the fact that fa- salvation can only come to those who faithfully confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and repent of their sins. All right, let's go to the Bible then. And let's see what the Bible okay. says. Oh, Romans chapter 10. Paul is speaking about here about salvation. He says, uh, he says in verse 9 uh, of Romans chapter 10, if you confess with your mouth, that's an action. You can't, I don't see any possible logical, consistent way that someone could say that when he says confess with your mouth, when Paul says that, that he doesn't mean something that you do, a work, a work that the body does. Now, a work that humans invent, a work like Paul is condemning in Ephesians 2, no, that's a work that humans invented to be saved. This is something God said to do. So if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation he says very clearly that confession is the means to salvation now exactly it trying to agree with that and yet also disavow what it's actually saying he's going to try to contradict that in just a moment because i can accuse him look gary i've sat down and had a long discussion hours and hours and hours with a professor at a religious seminary in south florida many years ago and her disciples who were arguing with me that they condemn Baptists because Baptists believe in saying a prayer or making a confession before you're saved. She said, true faith only is only in the heart. You don't have to confess anything. You don't have to repent. You, you don't have to believe anything except just, I mean, you don't have to do anything except what you believe in your heart. So when Baptists require a sinner's prayer or repentance, they're wrong. They're going to hell, she said. She told me, just like you are, for preaching you've got to be baptized to be saved. You have to be baptized to be saved. So there are people out there that take this faith-only thing seriously. 
uh, and molars. Yeah. Molars, obviously, not one of them. But this verse very clearly in Romans sets some conditions beyond belief because faith is in the verse. Confession. Confession is in the verse, okay? He separates those two things out and says they have different purposes. They're both in the verse. So if Al Mohler says you're saved by faith alone, which he does in this article and what so many Baptists do, he is not, he is contradicting Romans chapter 10, which says you're saved, that through the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Toward salvation. Toward salvation. Right. You're not saved upon Con confession. Right, but it's there. It's in the, he said it's made for salvation or unto salvation. Vision. Yes. And so confession is in, the, is in this verse, and it's toward salvation or for salvation. Exactly what Moeller said here. Now, he goes on to, uh, here's what he says at the end of the, well, he says baptism is what takes place. Here's what I have in my notes that I made on this. I'll look down. He says, he quotes and says, salvation can only come from those who faithfully confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and repent of their sins. So he's adding repentance, not just confession, not just faith. He's adding repentance. So when you go down to the last paragraph, he says that salvation comes to those whose faith is in Christ. I don't argue with that at all. Salvation comes to those whose faith is in Christ, not to those whose faith is in baptism. Okay, think about that for a moment. I agree with that. If you know somebody, Gary, that says, my faith is in baptism, I don't really believe in Christ. I believe only in baptism. I don't believe in Christ. I just believe in baptism. Have you ever met anybody like that? Yeah. yeah. Do, they really, do they really believe that the only thing that you don't, they don't need Christ at all, they just need to be baptized? I, don't, I personally don't know anybody who believes that. People that I know that believe in baptism believe that it all comes from faith. Well, that I, faith it, is the backbone of everything. It's kind of like I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in what the Bible says. Well, there might be. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. now notice that's this, though. Kind of the thing that's going on. He said that faith is for those whose faith, salvation is for those whose faith is in Christ, not whose faith is in baptism. Now, wait a minute. He got up here just said you got to confess. Is there faith in confession? Oh, yes. no. There, well, there, are they putting, if they make a confession, that G, are they putting their faith in confession or are they putting their faith well, in Jesus Christ? Faith, I, I'm looking at faith as, you're, 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 you're taking a point correctly, but I'm looking at faith as the starting point. Faith well, I, the, that's the truth of it, Gary. It, but that, so, the base, faith is the basis but now, for look, all in, we do. In Romans 10, it's not. In Romans 10, he separates the two and talks about faith and confession, belief and confession, having two different things. Now, how different they are, I don't, I'm not going to discuss here, but he separates the two words out. We, you and I both know that sometimes in the Bible, the word faith or belief includes the action that comes after right. it. It includes repentance and confession and baptism. That's obvious from many contexts in the Bible. But Moeller's the one who separates it out in his theological training and says that you, you can't have faith in baptism because you have to have faith in Christ. Well, he's just got done telling us that you have to repent and, and uh, confess. Well, remember, are those people's faith, is those people's salvation in repentance or in confession? Or they have, do they have faith in repentance instead of Christ? He wouldn't say that. He wouldn't believe that at all. Well, he just singles out baptism because that's it. That's the bee in his bonnet. You see, see, I keep coming back to faith as the basis because what did we what did we say from John twelve forty eight? 
Jesus said, the word that he speaks will judge you in the last day. Take a look at Luke 12. We're talking about confession and repentance. Luke 12, verse 8 and 9. Also, this is Jesus speaking again. Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man will confess before the angel of God. But if he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Now, what's the result of being denied before God? That's not salvation. That's not salvation. Well, Gary, and and you're you're you're, tr- you're I'm trying to I'm trying to break down his point right and as I'm, an argument that falls. And it's, I I have to tell you the conclusion I came to reading this article. Al Mohler is a lot smarter man than this. Now, either one of two things: either he's not very smart on this point, or he's being very disingenuous to his listeners. He's well, being almost to the point of dishonesty. I said this in a sermon there, they are class one. In learning how to debate and to think analytically about things, I was trained, and I believe correctly so, that I need to be able to restate my opponent's argument in terms right. that they would agree with and then show why it's wrong. Not make up a straw man or, or put words in my opponent's mouth that they don't agree with. And what he does in this article and his podcast is puts words in people's mouth like you and I that believe that baptism is essential for salvation because, because it's an element of faith. We believe that because it is an element of faith based on obedience to Christ. He puts words in our mouth to say that we believe or are teaching that baptism alone will save someone. I've never said such a thing. Don't believe such a thing. I don't believe faith alone will save anyone. I don't believe repentance alone will save anyone. I don't believe confession alone will save anyone in the New Testament era. And so for him to put words in our mouth and say that, that we, have just, we just have faith and baptism alone is, is a dishonest. It's, it's certainly ignorant. And I use that word in a kind way, meaning just simply someone who doesn't know what he's talking about. But it's hard to believe that Al Mohler, a trained seminarian, so much so that he's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, doesn't know the arguments that include baptism as a means of salvation. And my point is he doesn't know the Scripture. Well... That's my point. I think he's he being disingenuous about it because and, and, he doesn't bring up any of the other scriptures that do deal with this. Well, we just read one about, what did we read one about? Confession. Paul just repeated that in Romans in the I Romans know. 10 passage. This is what Jesus and con- said. And he connected the confession to, to salvation. salvation. Okay. And there's another one, Luke 13 and 3. I begin with verse 3. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. That's Jesus speaking so, again. So if he wants to accuse you and I of believing that we believe in, that we have put our faith in baptism, I can easily accuse him that he's put his faith in confession. He says so himself. Would he, would he accept that, that, Al, you just put your faith in confession to save you? Oh, no, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Well, you just said you've got to confess to be saved. Why does it work to accuse us of believing in salvation by baptism only and not having faith in Christ, but it doesn't work for him about believing in confession and not having faith in Christ? What works for one works for the other, which shows that his argument is simply false. And I I want our listeners to understand that, that they ought to think further than just platitudes which he's giving you here, you see. 
Well, so, and the other aspect of this is you, you're, you're, you're talking about conditions, okay? And, and I, I'm sorry, I keep coming back to the Scriptures because if nothing else, I want our listeners to Well, I'm to not write, going away from the yeah, Scriptures. I, I'm I trying know, to analyze I, what he's saying in light of the Scriptures. I, I want to analyze the Scripture in, in light of what Jesus said. He said, unless you confess me before men, I'm not going to confess you before the Father in heaven. What does that imply? If you don't confess him, you're going to be lost. He just said in Luke 13 and 3, basically, unless unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he says it twice. He says it again in verse 5. So now, repentance alone is not going to get you. Confession alone is not going to get you. Jesus is setting the conditions, and there are more than one for salvation. Well, see, this is the way, this is how I come at this with some people. There are people listening to us today, Gary, good, sincere people who love the Lord, love their Bible and all that. If I ask them, is salvation conditional? They will say no. They've been trained so much in this salvation by grace only and by faith only that they would say salvation is not conditional. There's no conditions attached to salvation. And I said, well, what about faith? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, faith is a condition. I said, well, then I read them Romans. They say, you believe that salvation is conditioned upon baptism. And I say, well, yeah. I also believe it's conditioned on some other things, too. And I, so, so I read them Romans 10, which I just mm-hmm. did. And I say, so do you believe that Paul is saying that belief is a condition of salvation? Oh, yeah, I believe in faith, belief. Well, what about confession? Oh, well, they're a little more reluctant, but they will finally admit, most are honest, that confession is a, is a condition of salvation. So I, I bumped them off the notion, the high-minded notion that salvation is unconditional and so forth to those who believe in Christ, that it takes confession. So see, according to Romans 10, Gary, it's possible for someone to have faith in Christ and not confess and be lost. Right. You'd have to read Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, and conclude that if someone said they had faith in Christ but did not confess, that they would be lost because they wouldn't, it doesn't lead to salvation. So now they, I said, well, then you and I only differ about the number of conditions and what they are. You and I both agree now that we've got off our high-mindedness that salvation is based not only on faith in Christ but on other conditions. We're just differing about what they are and how many there are. And I'm going to add baptism to that list of qualifications well, well, for, the would, same, for the same reasons that Scripture mentions it too in the same context. Well, the, the next thing I would say is you have faith in Jesus Christ and you have confessed him with your mouth before men and you don't repent. Well, yeah, you can add repentance to that too, yes. Right, and I can do it from Luke 13, 3 and following. And you can also go, go to Acts chapter 2, which we haven't even got to yet, where he says, repent and be baptized for, for the remission, remission of unto your the, or for the remission of, of your, your sins. sins. Now, see, Moeller here says that about baptism, baptism itself is not the saving work. I agree with that because it takes faith, repentance, confession, and baptism to bring about salvation. So no, I don't know anybody in my least acquaintance or fellowship, they would call it, who's teaching that baptism itself, by itself, is the saving work. He says it doesn't regenerate. And if someone places confidence in it doing so, it is a misplaced confidence. Okay, well, I beg to differ with that idea it doesn't regenerate or create a new person. Uh, Paul's very clear about this 
or in his in his conversion, Ananias made it very clear for him. He says, "Why are, in, in Acts chapter twenty-two, verse sixteen? I, I'm going to give you one verse of many we could go to." Yeah. And Ananias says, "And now, why are you waiting to Paul?" Or saw. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Wash away your sins. Is that regeneration? You think Al Mohler would say that uh, regeneration is comes by a new birth, and that new birth is the washing away of sins? You 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 go to uh, you go to a passage like in Jesus' own words. Mark sixteen sixteen. Well, how about uh, how about Titus three and five? Yeah, that's when I thought I got that down okay. too. But go ahead, you got there in front of you. I was going to go. God, our in a Savior, toward man appeared not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ. Our washing Savior. of regeneration. Now, what is that referring to? To a fair-minded person, it's pretty clear. Pretty okay. clear. And so is Ephesians 3. It has the same, or Ephesians 5 has Ephesians the same 5, kind 6. of reference. Yes, yeah, same reference. 526, pardon me. When you, when you look at this, you can even start in, some, in, a, in a relatively simple place early in the New Testament, at least in the gospel period of time, where Jesus himself says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now listen to what Jesus says. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Here's what Al Mohler says. I want you to, folks, I want you, it's just as simple as this. Here's what Al Mohler is saying. He who, be, he who believes will be saved and then can be baptized. But also, he you, who believes will be saved. And th- is that what Jesus says? No. Jesus says, he who believes and is baptized. That word and puts something, two things together. It puts belief and baptism together before salvation not after salvation like he says but before salvation that's jesus own words we can dispute that or not but that's that's why i would point you in that direction and that's in the form of a command i believe that that's literally a a literally it's an imperative at the very least that's right yeah and he says and he says in john i think it's this is uh ephesians 5 and 26 just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by what? By the word. Right. It's put together, the, the it's washing together. of water, by doing what Jesus says. By, by doing word. what he says. And, so, and, and we haven't gotten to the strongest one yet. But Well, I, yes, we haven't. There's, there's, a, there's quite a few of these verses all throughout the New Testament uh, that link up baptism as the final act in the process of salvation of saving someone it's not one thing and even al moler in this article if you read it carefully that's why i think he's being disingenuous or at least ignorant about it because he even mentions repentance and confession along with belief and then throws out baptism for some reason and i think the reason is simple gary historically and i've dealt with this for 47 years in preaching is because of an anti-Catholic prejudice from the Reformation movement that the, Bapt- the Catholics were somehow teaching infant baptism that preceded belief that you could just dip a baby in water, sprinkle some water, and that act by itself as a ritual would save someone. Now, they've equated that Catholic misconception or error onto anybody who comes along later and reads what the New Testament says about it in clarity 
and equates it all with baptism just a work. Well, the Bible does not say that baptism is a work of man that will cause someone to be lost. It puts it in all of these passages about salvation. Well, when, when Paul was told to wash away his sins, who forgives the sins? You don't forgive your own sins. God does that. It's not what you're doing. It's what God is doing at that point. Right. Uh, I, I guess I can't get around that, that part of it. Well, well, this passage, the scriptures is, is, is pretty clear about this. I mean, I'm, I'm, somehow I'm having a little brain lock about the verse I'm trying to find here. Um, that, that is, hang on, I, I know where it is. I just now remember where it is. Um, it's in, um, I think it's Colossians chapter 2. Um, uh, this is wrong too, I imagine, now that I've thought uh, about give, it. Give me a word or two. Maybe I can help you find uh, it. It's, it's basically saying that uh, faith in the operation of God, um, that, that baptism is faith in the end. Uh, it's Philippians 2 or Colossians 2. I, uh, I'm, I'm having a whole uh, mental block here because of that um, why in the uh, world I'll find it a second I had it all in my mind a moment ago and now I'm completely uh, yeah. Colossians two twelve. okay I was right there at it a minute ago um, no is that it now that is faith it. in the working of God is is we're, we're, call, yes, call, the, work, call, the word working, that's yeah, the word verse I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, faith in the working of God. It's um, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. There's putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision that's of Christ. That's a regeneration, Christ, right. by the way. Buried yeah. with him in baptism in which you are also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. So that verse is saying, it's to comparing circumcision, uh, which is a new circumcision of cutting away the flesh. It's not made with hands like the old circumcision of the Old Testament, but it's the, it's the circumcision of Christ. What is that circumcision? Well, verse 12, buried with him in baptism. We're buried along with Christ as he was buried in the ground. We're buried with him in baptism, the waters of baptism, wherein you are also risen with him, a new life. That's the regeneration that Mulder says baptism doesn't provide. This verse and Romans 6 say that we are risen with him to a new life. That's the regeneration. And that occurs through faith and in the working or operation of God. So he says here that baptism occurs, the, the work in baptism occurs by the working of God. Baptism, according to the Bible, is not a work that you do if it's done by, because of faith in Christ and repentance and belief in Christ. It's not a work that you do. It's God doing the work of regenerating you through baptism. So he can argue with God about this. It's pretty clear from Colossians 2.12 that baptism is not a work that Paul condemns. Same author wrote, both, author wrote both of these books according to the Holy Spirit. But he says that this baptism regenerates and, and raises one up to walk in a new life. 
No one here is saying that baptism by itself saves anybody. It's disingenuous for him to say that or imply that. I don't know what this woman in the story believes. She probably believes that since she was baptized and had faith in Christ as a young woman, she doesn't need to do anything different than that as, according to, as she's dying because she still loves the Lord and has been faithful to him. So she doesn't need to do anything else and so forth. Here's the ironic part. A person like Al Mulder will also get on the air and tell you to say a sinner's prayer. Now, I thought salvation, he says here, what does he say? Where does he put it? It's, um, it comes by Christ alone, by, by faith, grace faith alone, alone, through, through faith, faith alone. alone. Now, just logically knowing the English language since I was a child, you can't have all three alones in the same sentence used the way that he does because they're self-contradictory, okay? And, and yet he does. We can come back to that. But where is a sinner's prayer in that? I thought, I thought it was by grace alone, not by prayer alone. I thought it was by faith alone, not by prayer. Well, he, if he's going to exclude baptism because he says it's by faith alone, then I'm going to exclude a sinner's prayer because that's not by faith alone either. Well, it's interesting to me, and, and I, I don't have time to go through and look at the passages, but when Paul met Christ on the road to Damascus and went on to Damascus, he was there for three days before Ananias. Acts 22, yeah, he was there for three days blind, praying. Well, what was he doing? Praying. That, that's the point. He was praying. Right. One would think if you're saved by prayer, then Paul, the apostle Paul would be a prime right. candidate. And that's the whole point. Ananias came to him and said, what are you waiting for? You've been praying. You've been sitting here being sorry. You repented, obviously. Now, what, what are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized and do what? And wash away thy sins. sins. Not because your sins have been forgiven already but because your sins need to be washed away and so ananias did that very thing and, and so i want people who are listening i don't i know that most people probably don't agree with what you and i are saying right now gary off off the top of their head they've been indoctrinated or told other things i want them to think clearly through the logical sequence of it. and more importantly i want them to do something very simple i want them to learn to accept what the bible says first of all at its face value not on some theological basis of uh, of what Martin Luther or John Calvin says about something, but what does the Scripture say about something? And they need to have some kind of confidence that they can do that. I believe they can. We've not given them any kind of complex theological thought here. Would you have only taken them to the Scriptures and had them think through what's being said there in these Scriptures? And so... Apparently, although Al Mulder thinks that believers place faith in, in having faith, <laughs> we, if, if he says, I place faith in having been baptized, he places faith in having faith. Or, or he places faith in confessing or saying a sinner's prayer. He wouldn't agree to that. He wouldn't agree to those things. Well, why does he force that conclusion on me then? He has no right to do that. And I, that's the thing that I object to the most about this article. As much as in many other ways, I respect Al Mohler as a person who has tried to stand up against some of the cultural rot and stuff going on. He hasn't stood up very clearly to the liberals in his own denomination who have, taken, who have just under, undermined so much of uh, conservative belief. But that's another issue for another day. Before, but, before we leave that, I want to read from the 
English Standard Version of the Bible. ESV? Yeah, mm-hmm. the ESV. And I want to go to First uh, Peter chapter th- 3, and I'm going to start reading at about verse 19. Talking about uh, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. Let's, let's, let's go on. When God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of the dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God. That's for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, that's appeal to God. Remember what Ananias told Paul, calling on the name of the Lord? Baptism is an appeal to God. And it says, and it says very clearly, uh, basically, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of the dirt from the flesh, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. You've obeyed what he said. So, so how do you get around that clear reading so, of so the So here's scripture. a reading that says that faith alone will not save you. Here's another that says that baptism will save, save you. you. But now, once again... If they, they say, well, that baptism is in a certain context. Yes, faith is in a certain context. The idea of faith is in a certain context, too, where he says you're saved by faith and not by works. We have to understand what, what that word faith means in the full range of things. Faith is not just belief by itself. Faith, faith the idea of true belief, includes obedience in the Bible. Obedience is included in the definition of faith. And that Bible makes this very clear. How can you say that you believe in God when you simply will not do what he says? Yeah. So we believe in faith. We believe in faith includes obedience. In this case, we believe that baptism can save, but Peter's saying not baptism by itself, but baptism accompanied by faith. You see, Noah wasn't, was Noah saved by the ark or was he saved by faith? Without How do you faith, separate those two? Well, without faith, would he build the ark? He wouldn't then. even be on the ark or wouldn't have built it if he didn't have faith. Right. See, so when we're, when you, when, or would you say, well, Noah was saved by water. Yeah, he was because the ark lifted him above the, the water lifted him above the flood in the ark. Well, but without well, faith, none of that would happen. So faith is the background for Noah's obedience, and it's the, ba- it's the background for the salvation that baptism provides. Well, also, let's, let's go back to James 2 again. Let's look at verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect right, or complete? That word perfect in our language is more like complete. Yeah, in that, other words, exactly it's, made, it it's made to be one or whole. It's exactly what it means, complete or whole. So... Faith means, you know, mental acknowledgement and obedience. Right. It can't mean anything else. Now, I'm, I'm going to confuse everybody here a little bit um, in, in the idea of being a little bit transparent. Do you receive anything from God just upon mental acknowledgement that he is God and that you owe him your allegiance and obedience? Do we receive anything at all from that? And I think we do. Well, um, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Because at that point, he couldn't do anything about any, well, what God says, but he'd already been obeying God. 
but I, I'll just go back to what said in, in John 1 and verse 12 about Jesus. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God right. to those who believe in his name. You mentally acknowledge God. You believe in him with your mind and you don't do anything else. What does God give you? He gives you the right or the power to become a child of God. Right. And you have to do that first. Right. That's exactly the first thing. Without that, you don't have the power to do that. Without faith, without belief, without mental acknowledgement, you do not have the power to become a child of God. Right. And, and that's, that's the situation. Right. But you do not become a child of God upon that the the conditions have to be met. God well, has to see your faith. You can't become a child of God based on any one of those by itself. Right, That's by the itself. point I'm making. Whether it is even belief itself, or whether it's confession itself, or any of the others, we can't. You can't become a. You can't be saved by any one. You've got a chart here, and I I I couldn't find one of it filled out. I've seen the chart other places, but I knew that you had made one for a class a while back uh, about. A baptism chart where it has all these ver- all these passages in the Book of Acts listed, all, all the examples, all the of, examples of, of conversion, of conversion in the Book of Acts. Right, and you yes. have a list of things on the left side, like asked Jesus to come into their heart, accepted Jesus as a personal Savior, said the sinner's prayer, heard and read the Word, prayed for forgiveness of their sins, repented of their sins, only believed in the Lord Jesus, believed and obeyed, confessed Jesus as the Son of God were baptized for the forgiveness of sins, were baptized, had a feeling. Now, when you, and this is a great chart, because when you, and you go, and it's got a bunch of blocks, it's got, a, it's a grid. Right. So you go and read Acts 2, 37 through 40, and you check off all the ones it says about those people. And what you don't find in this chart, it's not filled out here, but what you don't find in the chart, if I remember how you use it, and I've seen this like this before, you don't see anybody was ever told to ask Jesus to come into their heart which is what someone like Al Mulder would preach. And you, you, and you don't find any example of conversion that does not mention baptism. No, that's the point I'm getting at, is yes. that there are several of these that it mentions by, on some and the others, but all of them were baptized into Christ. Exactly. And that's the one thing that so many Protestants so, uh, reject, is the one thing that the New Testament examples of conversion say. Now, you've got, you've got gen- general verses like Acts 16.31, of course. Uh, uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, all, thou in thy house, and thou shalt be saved. But what do you find out about that? They use that one verse. What do you find there? Well, you find that man being baptized, him and his house. So you, you you, you've got some re- cases where you have the individual thing being mentioned. But when you take the whole example, you see that the Scriptures teach consistently through the book of Acts. Well, so many that times these people were baptized for the remission of their sins. So many times people just stop reading at belief. Right. Now, you, just, now, you stop reading there if you don't if you can't stop reading. What, what people are doing and part, part of this Daguerrean trying to te- and teaching people whether it's publicly or across their kitchen table for 48 7 or 48 years how long it's been I've been doing this. Is they they have this feel oh now wait you're saying that if people haven't been baptized, immersed in water, that they're going to be lost. And their mind starts reeling, you know, because they know all these people that they know who haven't been baptized. And they just, oh, I, I can't believe that. You're, you're saying that my grandmother's lost. You're saying that all these people are lost. All these good people are lost. Well, I'm not saying anything. I'm telling you what the Bible says. 
and you need to understand that. And that's a, that's a big issue. That's a big issue for me. How can all these people be lost? I'm not downplaying the issue. But just saying, well, if your solution to the fact of so many people being lost is that I'm just going to teach you don't have to be baptized to be saved. If you think that's the solution to the problem, that I'll just teach faith only, I won't teach baptism, you've barely, you've barely put a drop in the bucket. What about all those people who don't believe in Jesus Christ at all? Or, well, believe in, uh, or don't believe in, believe in having faith at all. What about all those? There, there are billions more of those people well, who I, don't. I, so we haven't solved the problem. I fear this, Mike, that those people who teach that, okay, I'm going to solve the problem by teaching baptism is not necessary or leaving baptism out of the gospel plan of salvation. You've just created more of those people that are going <laughs> to... I know. <laughs> you just added to them because well, the real truth is they need to be baptized to be saved. Yeah, that are, includes and, me, and are my they children, be grandchildren, Because you taught them something different and they innocently believed it? Jesus says in Matthew 15, beginning in verse 13, He answered and said to them, Every plant which my fa- heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall in the ditch. Be careful. Yes, and that's why we keep pointing you back to read these scriptures for yourself. And don't just say, well, Al Mohler said it, or I've heard it all my life. Or, and, and the trouble is, here's Americans, you, especially Southern Americans. You know, most people we know uh, uh, have, have some knowledge about baptism or faith and so forth. And so we can picture them all being saved so we feel happy about it. What about all these people down through time and across the world who've never heard of anything like that, or at least have, have never been brought up with those things? They're all still lost, so you haven't solved anything. And, and, and the problem is, is then, how shall they hear except they have a preacher? That was Paul's point in Romans 10. Right after he told them they ought to, that they were saved by confession, he said, how shall they hear except they have a preacher? Go out and preach. Go teach people. That's the only thing you can do about it. I can't fix the whole problem as a preacher, but I can go teach the people that I come in contact with. And, and be careful of what Jesus says. There's, there's not any fuzz on some of these passages that we read because he said of the scribes and Pharisees who were teaching the Jews wrong things, he says, Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Right. which is exactly what they're doing. Yes. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Be, yes, and be careful about some of these preachers. Uh, I, I, be careful about us. I want you to well, look at the Well, that's exactly right. Be careful about us. I want that's why I'm mentioning that's found in Matthew 15, beginning in verse six. Okay. If you'd like Gary's chart, by the way, so you can fill it in for yourself. I'll if, find if it. I, I I've got it right here in front of me. Okay. If you will, if you will, uh, text me seven seven two two six zero six one two zero. I'll be glad to send that chart to you. If you want to email the show, you can reach this show at justchristians at att.net. Just Christians at att.net. I'll send you that chart and some other material, and you can you can have a uh, you can have a look at it yourself. It has a lot of different script just in the Book of Acts. It didn't even include all the passages about baptism and other things in the Bible. But I, when I said that about preachers, I had something specific in mind, Gary. Some years ago, I lived in another state then, 
a fellow in the church there, he came to me, he said, you know, we've been praying, and you know my mother, Dolores, she, she's dying of cancer, and she's not, she's going to die. She's just on her, she's on her deathbed, and she knows it, I know it. And I'm concerned because, you know, she's a devout Baptist, but she's never been baptized for the mission of her sins. Would you go talk to her? And I said, well, sure. I know, I knew this lady. She was a, a sweet lady, a very devout lady. So I sat and talked with her a good part of an afternoon, and 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 I told her, I, I said, Dolores, you know, I know you love the Lord. I know you love the, the word of the Lord. But I said, I'm concerned that you're going to face your maker, most likely, before I will. I could go home from today and die on the way home. You could, I could beat you. But most likely, you're going to die and meet your maker before me. And I, I'm concerned that you haven't done all that you need to do to be saved, all that the Bible says. I, I don't know. I'm not the arbiter of this. I'm gonna, I want you to know what the Bible says about it. And so we read a few of those verses. And she said, yes, I've thought about that. And, and she says, um, uh, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I think I might want to do that. I'm going to talk to my preacher about that. I said, okay. So she called me back later that day. And she said, uh, well, I talked to my preacher at the First Baptist Church of so-and-so, you know, wherever it was, and he said that, he said that you've been baptized. You don't have to worry about that. He said, you, know, you, you were baptized when you were saved, you, and you were saved. And I said, really? I said, Dolores, I've never met a Baptist preacher who would say any such thing as that. Well, that's what he said. I said, okay, what's his phone number? So, so I got his <laughs> phone number. And I called him up. I said, hey, so Doug or whatever his name was, I said, this is Mike Schmidt. I said, I'm a friend of Dolores. I've been studying with her. She told me, I want to clarify something. She told me that you told her that she had been baptized for the remission of her sins. Not just baptized, but you, you told her that not to worry because she had been baptized for the remission of her sins when she was saved. I said, is that true? He said, oh, no. He said, we don't believe in water salvation. She said, I just told her that so she wouldn't worry. She's dying. And I told her that so she wouldn't be upset and wouldn't worry. So he lied. And I just said, okay, thank you. I didn't argue with him. I just said, okay, thank you very much. Yes. And I called her right back. I said, Dolores, I just got off the phone with your preacher. And he said that, no, he didn't believe in baptism or water salvation, as he called it. And he said, you weren't baptized for the remission of your sins when he did it. You were baptized because you'd already been saved. And, and that he just said what he said to you so you wouldn't worry and feel bad because you're dying. Oh, she was livid. <laughs> she was. She said, can you come over here and baptize me as soon as you can? I said, I'll be glad to. Now, I can tell you the interesting story of how we had to do that with a woman with oxygen tanks and barely able to walk. took us all day, all the rest of the day to do that in a, in a neighbor's hot tub. She was joyous. So about a week later, we're sitting in the Baptist, I'm sitting the second or third row in the Baptist church building, looking at this preacher preaching her funeral sermon. He's looking at me too. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you didn't even have the courage to try to tell this woman what the Bible said or what it didn't say. You just basically tried to comfort her with words that were false comfort. But I know that she... And here's what I told her. I said, yeah, she said, I wish I had done this years ago. I would have felt better. I said, well, okay. It didn't matter her feelings, but I said, uh, all you can do, Dolores, is meet the Lord and be able to say to him, I've done everything as best I could to honor and please you in my life. 
and what and when I failed, I've turned to you for forgiveness of my sins and have confidence that you, by the blood of Christ, will forgive my sins. And I said, I would not want to go to my maker having been read the Bible, clearly what it says, and said, I don't really think it matters. And Gary, I hope I don't die with that attitude that I don't, saying that I don't think what the Bible says matters. I'm going to take my chances on some preacher saying faith alone or grace alone or whatever it may be. And so well, it's real, I, and you people ought to check with your preacher well, about this. What, what did Jesus mean in Matthew 15 and beginning in verse 13 that I just read when he said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Right. What does that mean? It means that plant's going to die. Right. And basically with a spiritual application, it means you're going to die. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads to blind, both will fall in the ditch. Following somebody that doesn't know what he's doing or can't see will not keep you out of the ditch. No, you need to take, you need to take a look at this for and, yourself. And, sure. and, and even more so what he said in, uh, in Matthew that we read earlier about the vain worship. What is vain worship, Mike? What does it mean to say vain worship? It's empty, useless, pointless. Pointless, right. Pointless. Yeah, it's not, not accomplishing what you think it is. Teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. So does this have serious consequences, Mike? It does. It does. And I, I believe it does. And, and uh, no, Gary and I are not saying that just because a person gets dunked under the water that that saves them. We're not saying that babies are baptized, that that's what you've got to do. We're not saying you can baptize someone who is not a penitent believer. We're not saying that once you're baptized, that that's all that really matters. You don't have to do what else God says. We're not saying you have to put your faith in baptism to save you. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. And when you put your faith truly in Jesus Christ, you will do what he says, which is repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. That's, that's why baptism is connected to faith, because it's doing what, when you say you have faith in God, you will do what God says. That's the whole point. Uh, well, here. it goes back to, I'm, I'm going to quote Hebrews 5, having been perfected, this is Hebrews 5, chapter 9, everybody write it down, and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Right. I also want to make one more point we haven't even got to. Got to. Ironically enough, these guys like Al Mulder and a bunch of other people, they tell their congregation to be baptized. They will preach about baptism, but it's only done, you know, on Easter Sunday or Christmas or something like that, and it's because of being saved that they're baptized. And the Bible doesn't say repent and be baptized because you've been saved. It says repent and well, be baptized for the remission of sins. sins. And there's an urgency to it that I've seen Baptist churches wait six months to get all those people together, and then right. they go be baptized. So, what did Ananias tell right. Paul, though? In the same right now. Why are you tarriest thou? Hurry. So I want to take that another issue, then. Is that kind of baptism valid? Is it really baptism to do what okay. they teach? Our time is gone today. I appreciate everybody listening. We really want to talk about a couple of the subjects, never got to it. Uh, but I appreciate you listening. Hope that well, you take some of these things as food for thought. And we want to invite you to take a look at our website, which is wearejustchristians.com. Wearejustchristians.com. And you'll find recordings of these radio shows going back as a podcast. You'll find recordings of all the sermons that have been done here for years and years. And we pray that you'll take a look at those things. and Come, come visit with us, 2196 
southwest Savona Boulevard here in Port St. Lucie. And we ask you to, uh, to think about the things we said this morning, and may God bless you. Until next week, thank you very much.